while your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day, from local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard, to listen, and where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. So, Marcus, here we are with the ballot questions. Yeah. So and they, they are really important. Let's talk about the two that aren't as um, fun to talk about, actually, frankly, uh, first, right? So we can get into the discussions yeah. about the other ones. Right. So the, the question um, question uh, two, two is the dentistry one. Right. And... I'm just going to read you this excerpt and I'm going to, I'm just going to ask you to, to go, to go figure it out because <laughs> right. I can't do it. Read the booklet. Question two on the general election ballot. This is from Mass Live, by the way. Question two on the general ba- uh, election ballot asks whether voters support requiring dental insurance carriers to spend 83% of premiums on patient care, not on administrative expenses taxes or profits if carriers spend less than 83 cents on a, a, a on every dollar of monthly subscriber premiums a threshold known as a loss ratio they must send rebates to insured individuals and groups i don't know that's and neither de- do you yeah i don't know and neither do you go go read the book uh and and uh you got some time to to figure that one out or Marcus, my point on why direct democracy you, questions you, are often not good. There's nobody in the general public who can answer that question. That's that's something the legislature should why have I, hearings on. It's why I hated the um the MNA question. Uh that was and that was their fault. I know that that was their fault, but I hated uh the the one the one that was going to require each hospital in the Commonwealth have uh, minimum staff requirements, right. yes, right, and there was a lot of money that was spent by hospitals, in, including South Coast Health, yes. to 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 kill it. Right. I was I voted for it um, because I sub, I voted for it for for one particular reason. I get it was the MNA's fault that it got in the ballot in the first place place because they weren't getting anywhere. Okay, but I, I didn't. You were essentially if you voted no. You were voting to take away because at least if they got if you said yes, they would have came to the table at something. That's what you're hoping for. If you right? voted no, you were effectively taking away their collective ability to collectively bargain okay. on that issue. Is what and it's why I didn't really like it. I I remember nurses talking about how they were like, I can't believe that other people even get to vote on this in the first place. Right. You know. So. Right. So. Um. And staffing shortages is still a major issue. I mean, in Worcester. St. Vincent's Hospital. It was the longest active for a while. It, it, it's, it's been since resolved. It was the longest active strike in the country right. at one particular I time. That, yeah. So I, I, so I, but I didn't like the idea of, and I thought it was foolish of the MNA to even put it on there, um, especially considering they should have anticipated the moneyed interest that would that would that That's would pour into that group. race. Yeah, the nurses won. Nurses, you, you know, they would basically say this, this, you know, they all kinds of ads like this question's gonna kill you, you know, and your loved ones and all right. of that. So. Um, 
yeah, this is where direct democracy does run into some some issues. People if, if don't stuff have like enough this. time or information, even interest. It's to get the. It's almost the like time. it's left on that ballot as like to purposefully obfuscate the question, um, to to try to settle the matter uh, with people that really shouldn't be deliberating on it in the first place. What it comes down to is who can spend the most money on the most catchy phrase. For the most complex issues, right? It's yeah. really not the good way to do things. As we talked about earlier, um, we've had other complex questions. The marijuana yeah. question, for instance. You saw how much changes the legislature yeah. had to make to that question and then make again. That should have just been something the legislature did on their own. It had to happen. It right. should have just been something right. that they did on their own. Yes. Because you can, you know, you didn't need the, you didn't need the, um, you didn't need the, the, like a referendum to check people's temperature on that. I think you could pretty much see where people the the you know where the the shift in opinion was. If anything, you you likely could have done a non-binding or or more generalized ballot question. Yeah, there would have then been been given, which then would have given candidates for the legislature some ammunition against incumbents who weren't moving on the question. Yeah. Right. Right. I mean, I think that's one of the things ballot questions are good for. Um, they give impetus to challenger candidates in some cases. Right. We saw where um, Costa, for instance, was using question one, the income tax question, as, as an issue against Chris Markey. Right? Yeah. Right. Well, no matter what side you come down in that race, or what side you, I'm just pointing out that that gave him a bit of a platform. Yes. Right. As a challenger candidate to try to question one and really question four. Actually, was he was because Chris, because Marky was against the driver's license bill too. Okay, that's true. That's true, right? I forgot about yeah. that. So you had those two questions, um, gave a challenger candidate a little bit of a platform to run for. So anyway, but I do think that sometimes these questions they're just I know they are they're just too complex for even our legislature to tackle. That's why they're on the ballot. Right. Exactly. Right? So, so Marcus, what's the next one? So question two. I don't know if you can figure it out. Vote on it. If not, blanket. Right. Um, so um, when I when I say blanket, I mean not like a blanket that you wrap yourself around. I mean blank the question. <laughs> Leave it blank. So uh, the other the other question is question three, which after just reading a cursory uh, summary of it, I'm I'm broadly you know I, I think I'm supportive of it. The idea is that it essentially um, would. Uh, Prevent confinement of uh, farm animals, essentially certain livestock, hold on, certain livestock uh, to basically say they can't be confined in a way that would prevent them from laying down, sitting down, or keep them stand up, keep, keeping them st standing up. So they have to have some, they have to be confined in a way that has some freedom of movement and mobility. And that for a lot of uh, the industry, pork, you know, uh, poultry and all of that is oftentimes not the case. So Marcus, am I going to get a better or a worse pork chop out of this question. I got to tell you, free range chicken's better than 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 regular like Purdue or Tyson chicken. I think uh, you're so right. I I I I just as someone who who has has had you know a fair share of free range chicken, I, I think it's better. Do you think it's better to name your free range chicken or not to name? The I don't think you chicken? should. I don't think you should. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm against naming them as well. I, I'm against naming them. The, um, I can tell you that obviously, the, and we see it around here. People who who, who have eggs, you know, from their own chickens, their free range mm -hmm. chickens. Those eggs, those eggs are the see, best. They're phenomenal. They're the best. Yeah, they're phenomenal. They're they're um, the best. So I do I do like that. And it's also okay. So I so if you you've heard of Temple Grandin, 
So Temple Grandin was uh, was uh, is is she's still around? She's a, a woman living with autism, and she found a way to humanely and efficiently um, move cattle through the process. You know, through the process of of getting. Um, Slaughtered heads, okay. Yeah, yeah, getting slaughtered. But what she said was essentially, in, in the whole thing, you know, she, there were some trials and tribulations, and you know, there there were farm, you know, the, some of the some of the farm hands didn't necessarily care about it. But what she said was, you know, while we're, um, you know, before we use these animals for nourishment, don't we at least don't they at least deserve a little bit little bit of respect okay. right before we you know send these animals to slaughter before we use them for and it's not for nothing we we you know we use them for vital nutrients right before they do that we should at least treat them with some dignity and respect they at least deserve to have some moments of their life that are um i guess enjoyable okay. before that I, right. I guess that's the i guess that's the the, the crux i don't think that's too hippie-ish i, I don't think right. i, I yeah. think that's I, I think that's i think it's a fair way of of um so what how did she change the end result for them i mean obviously they got to go but yeah she made a she made a whole there's a movie it's on hbo uh, called Temple Grandin. Claire Danes is uh, uh, stars as Temple Grandin, but she essentially made a system of of cattle herding, um, like with you know various intri intricacies, and it had a lot to do with, I believe, her own <laughs> her own um, uh, sensory types, of, her own sensory needs, because she because uh, she always had this uh, thing. Um, in her dorm room and all of that, and she got a lot of flack for it. But she always had this thing that she 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 needed some like pressure on her body. Okay. So she'd always put herself through one of those cattle holder things. Okay. And through that, she was inspired. But they vests like that for for dogs. I know that and other people. Yeah. Um, for sleeping and things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that, I, that's not uncommon. Not yeah, not. yeah. So it's. It, I mean, Temple Grandin. It's an It's it's a good movie. It's worth looking up. But Claire, again, Claire Danes is the. She won an Emmy because it was a TV movie. She won an Emmy for her her performance as uh, as Temple Grandin too. And Temple Grandin's still alive. So um so uh yeah. So I'm That's question three. I'm broadly supported. Question three is basically: Do you want livestock to be treated? In a way that's humane, do you? They they have to have a certain required amount of space that would allow them to sit down. The better chicken question. Lie down. Yeah. Do you want better chicken or not? I think is, is the best way to phrase that. So go in there and you say, "Well, I want chicken." Okay. Do you want good chicken or do you want chicken that's not as good? If you say, "I want good chicken," then you you vote on on, on question three. Uh, the, the question is always, Marcus, how do I vote yes or no? Right? Yeah. Sometimes they're not worded clearly. Yes. Sometimes you go, I want better chicken. Well, that's a no vote. I don't know. Yes. Is oh, it, wait. Is better chicken a no vote or a yes vote? Oh, man. We don't even know, folks. Oh, no, 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 no. I screwed up. Oh, no. That's something that was already written into law. That was an article in 2022 talking about something I already passed in the last election. I wish I'd taken the opposite position from you now so I could yell at you about it. But <laughs> It already passed. <laughs> Question three. That's like that's that's funny. We at least had a good. We at least had a good. I learned a lot more I, because <laughs> because I always thought here's here's my boy. One thing do on, I feel stupid on slaughtering animals? Um, I always thought it was weird to slaughter them on the same grounds, <laughs> where the, that they knew other animals being slaughtered. Right. Right. That it would be a much more relaxing process if you if you moved them. Right. And somehow you could trick them into not knowing they were being moved to the final 
destination. Here's what question three is that's on the ballot that hasn't been passed already. <laughs> Other question three. <laughs> Current question three. Uh, okay. So incrementally increase the combined number of retail beer and wine licenses and all alcoholic beverage licenses in an establishment can own no more than nine, no more than 18 by 2031. Limit the number of maximum licenses uh, for the sale of alcoholic beverages. An establishment could own uh, to seven. Prohibit in-store on automated self-checkout as uh, sales of alcohol. Change the formula used to calculate fines by using gross profits on all retail sales rather than the gross profits of sale the sale of alcohol. Add out-of-state driver's licenses. To the, I, I, I got to tell you. That's a supermarket question. I got to tell you, I don't really don't. That's I, for Walmart. Yeah, I don't. That's for the big supermarkets and the Walmarts that compete with, want to compete with package stores. Right. That's what it is. Yeah. Just from reading that, you can just tell yeah. that is for the big boys. So that's, you know. Make, again, that is a very complex issue that's better left, I think, at the hands of the legislature. But it's, here yeah. it is on the ballot. It's on the ballot. So, so the average guy is going to get something like this. Do you want to put your local package store out of business? Or do you want to pay less for beer? Yeah, I mean, right. that's what the advertising that's is going to exactly come down it. to. Yeah, that's right? exactly what it's going to be. And, and, I, and neither one of those would be true, exactly. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know about that. Again, that's something you're going to have to just... I don't have an opinion on it. So, um, but, This is where I miss my friend Chris, who had the package store right there in, 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 uh, in, the, in Fairhaven, right by the hotel. It's now another guy who has it. He sold it. Uh, Moriarty's Liquors, right here in Fairhaven. Because I would go in and talk to Chris... He would talk to people all day long. He was one of my sources on the street, you know, of getting the polling, getting this sense of what's going on. Because beer and wine and whiskey are nonpartisan, right. right? I'd say, what are you hearing, Chris, right? What are you hearing from the talkative people? So he would always, I would almost never be wrong on what was going on in the area because Chris would always report back to me on his daily findings. Right. Right. And, um, but I don't have him because he sold his store and, and just completed the Appalachian Trail. Wow. Isn't that the amazing? Whole thing? Isn't that amazing? Chris Keene. We always called him Chris Moriarty because it was Moriarty. It's from, it goes from uh, Maine to Georgia. It's right? crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. And he started in Georgia and hiked all the way up. 508-996-0500. Let's take a break. Hey, welcome back. Off the air, we're talking about the ins and outs of other ballot questions. That may have passed or may not have passed. And and why that we shouldn't even be voting on this stuff. But anyway, here we, we are. So let's talk about the fair share amendment. That's question one. I love the name. Yeah. So the fair share amendment is a 4% tax on income above a million dollars. And it's, uh, I believe, enshrined, would be enshrined in the state constitution. All right. What's your thoughts? Well, my thoughts are that a million dollars is not a lot of money. And that many people out there, and I would think, I would think you, you at least at some point, Marcus, will have, a, have an annual income some year over a million dollars. And so when I see the advertising for it, I find it to be insulting, really, to my intelligence. Because there's a lot of people that have a million dollars in assets that they may have to liquidate one day. Um, I know in my life things have changed, right? Yeah, but are you getting taxed on your assets or are you just getting taxed on your... your, your... Well, it'll be converted to income. Okay. So that's my, so that's my point, is that when you, there'll, there'll be a time, hopefully for most of us, where our assets 
at one point do get it converted converted to income. I get that. So as an example, if you have because you're not going to get because if you have a million dollars in assets, that's not going to get the four percent tax every year. Correct. Yes, that's correct. that's what I was. That's what I'm trying to clarify is that you're not going to if you have a million like your million dollar house isn't going to have an extra four percent tax no. just for having it. No, no. That's what I'm. That's that's what I'm trying to clarify on this. Right. It's, no, it's no, no, your no. income. It's your in, right. It's and it's and it's above the million dollars, so you're not going to. Right. So for most people, it seems that. Like, wow, I'll never be a millionaire. But you don't realize, really, that most people, at the moment they convert their assets, are going to be have over a million dollars worth of income. Yeah. I'll give you an example. If you have a house in Dartmouth, which is not unreasonable, say you're a, a firefighter and a teacher, right? you got a house in Dartmouth. You've got a three-decker in New Bedford, okay? And you got a summer cottage in Fairhaven. Right, maybe maybe your partners in summer cottage with your brother in Fairhaven, and there becomes a time in life when you want to downsize. You're going to sell those assets, okay? Maybe you're going to stay in 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 Massachusetts. You're going to move to another state. You're going to convert that lifetime of assets. You're going to lose another four percent of all that money to the state of Massachusetts because in that moment in time you're a millionaire. Right. That doesn't seem fair to me. It seems to me that. Yes, if you're making a million dollars annually, okay, yeah, you're, you've invented some, I don't know, some software, okay, and every year you're, you're grabbing a check for a million dollars, okay. That's not most people, obviously. Right, but isn't that who it's intended to target? Yes, but that's not the only target. Right. But so somewhere down the road... Most people you, will be affected you, by this. You will, you will convert your assets into income... And every dollar over that million uh, dollars, you're only going to get ninety six cents of each of that uh, of, of each of those dollars. Yes, that's what you're saying. So what I'm saying is that so, I mean, when you make and this vote to take other people's money, recognize that well, you're setting yourself up too as well. I think a lot of it is a uh, you know there the the justification is it's a it's it's a. It's going to get two billion dollars. There's going to be a, they estimate two billion dollars in in revenue uh, from this uh, amendment. And over the over the last at least five or so years, thanks to the um, Trump tax bill, which is the only legislation he ever passed as president, but his his tax legislation that people in that bracket have enjoyed massive uh, gains in income over the last Wait, five years due to that. Do you realize that under the Trump tax bill, people in Massachusetts of a higher income pay more taxes? How under the Trump tax bill do people in Massachusetts... You can't deduct your income tax anymore. Come on, you know that. But... You can't deduct... Bill Keating's trying to change the law. People in Massachusetts cannot deduct... The income tax they pay to Massachusetts, they can't deduct the property not tax the only, either. But that's not the... They, just they because can't. you just because you can't deduct your from your federal state, obligation. Right, just because you can't deduct your income tax doesn't mean you haven't enjoyed other tax breaks though. No, but right. what I'm saying is that you know saying? if you specifically live in Massachusetts, right, you're now paying more to the federal government than you ever did because you're not able to deduct your Well, yeah, income no, tax. I know that. Yeah, so uh, that uh, right, most people uh, most people but that's just just because that specific that 
specific thing affects most people in Massachusetts doesn't mean that people in the upper income tax bracket aren't enjoying other tax breaks from the Trump income from the Trump tax law. Right, but but what I'm saying is that if you're paying a higher income tax in Massachusetts before the Trump's tax breaks, you had to, you were able to deduct your Massachusetts obligation, property tax, yeah, income tax no, from that. your federal obligation. Mm-hmm. Okay? You're not able to do that anymore. Right. Right. That's why the states of New York, New York, New Jersey, um, Massachusetts are lobbying to try to get that law changed. Because right now, I'll that mean, part of the law changed, yeah, not I'll the g- entire thing, because that's not the crux of the entire no, but legislation. That's what Bill Keating's trying to change. Right, that one thing. It's a it's a pretty big it's bill. It's a big thing. I know it's a big thing, but it's so not. The, it's how we based our whole tax structure, the Northeast. Yeah. On property tax, because down south, they don't pay the kind of property tax. They don't have income taxes. Right. Right. If you live in Florida, you don't pay income tax. Yeah. Right. But Massachusetts does. So I would say this, Marcus, that prior to the tax breaks under the Trump administration, actually, this fair share amendment wouldn't be a big deal because all it would do is reduce your federal obligation. Yeah. But again, but that obligation is now whole. You right. don't have the ability to deduct this additional 4% from your federal obligation right? because of the Trump tax cuts. If you did, which is not a tax cut, obviously, as I say it, right. if you had that obligation, I think this would be a no-brainer. But again, you're, I, I, again, I think you're assuming that that was the only part of the law that was passed. Well, but I, I'm I mean, that's what affects that's your Massachusetts income tax. Yeah, your Massachusetts income that's tax. That's what we're talking right. about. Right, but I think what they're saying is that there's other... Um, tax benefits that have been enjoyed by people in the upper brackets because of the Trump tax law and because of the Trump tax law, just because... Right, but, but I, they're enjoyed across the country. Right. Right. So this is specific but to that Massachusetts. Doesn't mean, but that doesn't... Again, that doesn't... Just because you can't take that uh, tax break doesn't mean you couldn't take couldn't have taken others. Right. Yes, but yeah. we're going to increase the master's income tax. Yeah. Right. You used to be able to deduct your master's income tax against your federal obligation. Right, I get You that. no longer can. Right. So this is actually going to be a much more serious hit for the person who has a house in Dartmouth, a summer cottage in Fairhaven, and a um, let's say a three-family. Maybe one day when you sell, if you convert those assets into well, you have to income. convert them at some point. Unless you're going to pass them on to you. Right. You, you don't have to. You, well, but if you're going to enjoy the fruits of your labor. Yeah. Right? If you're going to have a good retirement. What I also wonder is this. Well, if we have a flat income You don't have to sell all of your stuff to have a good retirement, though. That's the thing. A lot of people do just live in the same houses they always lived in, drive the same cars they always drive. That 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 is one way to do it. Yeah. That is one and way to do it. They have pensions. You're talking about teachers and firefighters. They have pensions. Yes. That is one way to do it. The um, So, the, um, the fact is, we all pay the same amount of income tax. Percentage-wise, right? Right. So is that fair? In Massachusetts. Yes. Yeah. So if you make a million dollars a year, you pay 5.6% of that income. Mm-hmm. If you make $47,000 a year, you pay 5.6% of that income. Mm-hmm. The dollar amount is different. Yeah. But you're paying the same share. Right. So how is this a fair share? But it's only, but it's only, but you're not paying. It's As not much. You're not paying. Yeah, but. It's the it's the money over a million dollars. It's not the it's not five. It would be four percent of the entire 
million, it'd be every dollar after that. Okay, fine. So every dollar after the million. that's how tax brackets work federally, and I don't think people understand that. I think they learn every every April, don't they? <laughs> no, no, they don't. That's that's the point because it's it's not it's not um, every dollar you make after you hit that next bracket is it's it's progressive. So the one thing I I, I really benefited from. In addition to it, to his friendship, was was doing the show with Jose Matos for a couple of years, where you get a real sense from the callers about how much wealth is really out there, right? Yeah. How much money people have accumulated. You know, I know from my own family, you know from your friends, things like that. But generally speaking, people are pretty pretty guarded with what's out there, and most people don't don't make inquiries as to other people's financial situations. But you know, we'd be on the radio, and people would call to talk about questions, and I talk with Jose, and he's here on Saturdays. Um, and you'd find out that, look, it's very common for people to have one house, a three family, yeah. and, a, and a third house somewhere, right? Right. And with the rate of inflation annual, not just what's going on right now, I'm talking about just the general inflation when it's under normal circumstances, the rise in real estate values. I think most people ought to really consider whether or not they want to give up an additional 4% of their assets on the day they sell them to the government. Um, that may be okay. If they'd like to do that, by the way, there is an income tax. You can pay a higher income tax in Massachusetts if you'd like. You can also write a check if you'd like to do it. But codify it like that. I don't like that argument that people always make that, oh, oh you're, you know, you're lobbying for higher taxes. Why don't you write a check to the government? No, you can, though. Yeah, I get it. But the, the problem is, is, I mean, this is more on the federal level, though. The problem is with that is that right now, if you wrote a check to the government, most of your money would be going to, you know, defense spending and, uh, you know, uh, uh, corporate subsidies and oil subsidies and things that you might not like. The, the movement to have higher taxes, typically, the people that are trying to lobby for higher taxes are also calling for the re the reallocation of that money into different areas of such government as. government services such, such as, as healthcare so so it's not like when whenever people say oh well you want higher you know if you voted for bernie sanders why don't you why don't you just write another another check to the IRS i'm like well because if i'm voting for bernie sanders and he changes the tax law in a meaningful way he's probably going to reallocate that money into healthcare and not you know to raytheon so I'm, i don't want to write a check to raytheon i would write a higher not going to reallocate that money in any way. <laughs> well, it's going to go to Raytheon. Joe Biden's going to send that money to Raytheon. Well, Joe Biden. Well, well, Joe. Bi that's what Joe Biden's doing now. That's again. That's but just just to finish my point, what I'm saying is that rather than codifying into law that you're going to pay four percent more on all income over a million dollars when you get ready to sell your assets, you do have the option when you get to when you sell your assets in that one calendar year. To write a larger check to the government. That option's not taken away from you. I don't know that you want to codify in law for you and for everybody else. Because when you get to the stage in life, which I hope for you is, is quite a ways away. It's not for me. Um, when you're going to move to get rid of your assets, yeah. um, then it'll hopefully be 30 years from now for you. For most of the people out there listening to me, right? Maybe it's 10 years away, right? Do you really want to make a, a serious financial choice now to give away 4% of your income at the, on the last day of your ability to earn income? It's not 4% of your income. It's 4% of your income in excess of a million dollars. So it's, do you want to make 96 cents on the dollar after a million dollars? Right. 
Is that something that you, 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 that you can forecast uh, four, you're able to four do cents now? on the dollar. So 30 years from now, do you want to... You can pay, obviously tell Marcus wants your money. 30 years, I don't. <laughs> 30 years from now, you know, we can raise $2 billion, we can raise $2 billion a year in revenue uh, with this amendment. But 30 years from now... now do, do you, you want to... $2 billion? Do you want to pay two years from now... I mean, 30 years from now, do you want to pay four cents on the dollar for all of your, for every dollar in excess of a million dollars? That's the question you got to ask yourself, I guess. I, I think that from what this comes down to is, can you, do you, are you betting on yourself? Do you think that you have the ability to put together a million dollars before the end of your life in, in, in cash in one calendar year? I bet you you do. That, to me, is, is really what it comes down to. Sounds like you're fortunate if you're able to do that. 508-996-0500. Good evening. You're live. Yes, hi. How are you, sorry? Good. How are you doing? Good. Um, so, I, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, I remember um, the candidate for governor, Mara Healy, went down beyond the border and um, was recruiting people or was coaching people to come across our border yes. to come into the United States, correct? Yeah, that's correct. So has she uh, weighed in on these people that came to Marcus Vineyard? I actually haven't heard from her. Have you, Marcus? She... She at least she at first was like uh, she didn't say anything at first, which I think was irresponsible. To be right. honest with you, right. I thought it was very irresponsible. But she has said since like basically the same you know democratic talking points everybody else is saying. This is a political stunt, and it was inhumane and all of that. Um, she's at her office is you know her, she's because she's still the attorney general. Her office is you know diverting resources to helping these individuals. Um, nothing earth shattering, you know, uh, but well, if, if, if I'm not mistaken, she said, come here, yes. we will give you all, the, we will, we will help you and we will, we will give you whatever, whatever resources we can. Okay. And that's so what they're doing now. Yeah. I mean, it seems like they're, they're, wa they're, they're walking the walk with that. Thank you. Thanks for the call. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, I, I think that that. Basically, Massachusetts is living up to being a, a some version of a sanctuary state, at least yeah. on this occasion. Even though it's not, not officially, what, right? Yeah. I mean, it is. Even though it's not designated, it, it is in like a, you know, like we are a sanctuary state, right. you know, basically, right. and that's just it's the same thing, right? Essentially, that's what like when New Bedford was having that argument back in 2017 uh, about whether and can we be a sanctuary? We, we should be a sanctuary city, like a lot of people are saying that, but the police department was operating in a way that was functionally a sanctuary city. Correct. Yeah. All right, we're gonna take a break. We'll be right back. 1420 WBS to. Uh, South Coast tonight. I'm Marcus. I'm Chris. So we talked about questions uh, two and three, which are weird, and you'll have to figure those out on your own. Um, question one, we I think we covered the fair share amendment. Yeah, I would just I just leave because I got a text from one of our one of our regular listeners, Marcus, who said the state is returning money right now. Do we really really want to put into place to give them even more money when they're already returning money? Um, do we want to do we really need another tax to put put in place? I thought that that's another that return. Yeah, it, that returning they are returning money uh, to us, and you know the the sixty two F law. I will say that's happened now exactly two times in the last thirty five years. So I don't know if it's something that people can rely on. And, it, and it's returning money. The returning money is based on not just the amount of revenue that we have, but the amount of like wage depression essentially that right. that there is right now. So it's 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 a particular circumstance that isn't it isn't like a, I mean. 
we'll take the money, right? But it isn't like a good thing. It's well, not like, oh, things are so good that we're getting our money returned. It's because there's... Well, no, it, it's, it's it, in our it, system of taxation is really broad-based and very efficient. That, that's what it comes down to, is the fact that we have a broad-based income tax, a broad-based yeah. sales tax, um, and um, it's very, very yeah. efficient. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. We, do we, we really we, want to screw with a, with a working formula? Do we really want to bolster a working formula? Why, why not improve something that's... Well, <laughs> that, that'll be the question. Is it an improvement? Is yeah. it an improvement? So... Um, Obviously, question four is the driver's license bill. Uh, we've talked about it a lot. I feel like that question, most people have already decided how they're voting on it. I do. Yeah, I think you're right. I don't, I don't know. I haven't seen much most appetite on it. Most people listening have, I think. I least. think so. Yeah. I'd be curious how they feel about it, but I don't think... No, look. Here's the thing. You know, when I say this, Marcus, I'm not 100% how I feel about it. Here's the thing with... Fair, with, with, um, with interesting... Because here's the thing with fair share. Fair I share, think the insurance piece is very important. Yeah, and, and, and you can see in, in the states that have have this um, type of law in effect, there is a correlative spike in insurance purchases in those, in those states. So it so, has, like Connecticut, for example. I think that people on the road should have driver's insurance. Yeah. And I don't, look, I think it is a big incentive to come to Massachusetts to get a driver's license. I think it creates problems. However, um, I do think that if they're here, which is a federal problem, the state has to deal with it. Yeah. And this may be the best way to deal with well, it, this, so, as bad as it is. And it's and it's it's interesting because I think we've all... It's weird that everybody so gets so upset about like the state having solutions to a federal a problem that the federal government refuses to address because it's something states typically do. I mean, look at marijuana, for example, right? That is something that we've all agreed. Most states uh, have even agreed. I thought you said marijuana. I'm like, what would he do? Who's that? <laughs> right, right, right. So look at look at marijuana. That's something that everybody like has basically agreed that the federal government should take action on, that they've been irresponsible to take action on, so they've just been basically looking the other way for the most part until it's... It's amazing, isn't it? It is amazing, you know? It, the, I remember Andrew Lelling like threatening it, like to to do something about it. Well, what they were doing was trying to get him to promise not to do something. Yeah, and he said I can't do that. Yeah, because I'm violating my federal law. Yeah, my oath. He said, but I'm not going to do anything. He did bust. Uh, he did bust a, a woman who was who was very clearly making money under the table without oh, a license. Yeah. Yes, she, she. It's like if you're. <laughs> she like bought a brand new house and drove a Ferrari, like that kind of ostentatious right. type of. It, it was really, it was really something. Don't drive a better car than the cops. That's that's a good idea. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so anyway, uh, we've all agreed that there's that we need to have state solutions to problems that the federal government refuses to address a lot of the times, and that's why the Tenth Amendment exists for the most part for states' rights. So. This is part of that type, that same philosophy, the same philosophy that you would use to say, well, we need, you know, listen, the federal government says marijuana is, uh, you know, uh, a scheduled substance, that it's bad, that it should be prosecuted if people have it. Well, 
Uh, I don't think that way. Most people where I live in the in, in this state don't feel that way, and we need a we need a state solution to to fix this problem. It's the same thing with immigration. We need state solutions to um, to deal with a problem that the federal government is refusing to address. My other problem with this, Marcus, is again much more of a principled issue, which is that the legislature voted on it. Okay, it's a complex piece of legislation. It took a number of years to get to years, yeah, years. The legislature examined it i would like them to have not have passed it for a variety of reasons but they did and i don't think that we should go to a ballot question to repeal a law passed by the legislature that was passed overwhelmingly vetoed by the governor then overrode by the legislature yeah okay that's our process Mm mm-hmm the fact that we're now going to say we're angry, but it's not we saying it. It's a guy who didn't do his job recruiting Republican candidates. Yeah, Jim to, Lyons. Right, to get enough people yeah. in the legislature to, to have slowed this or stopped this bill, or to get, a, get an amended version. Right. Right, because there is an amended version that's better than this. We all There always is. But that didn't get around. Why? Because the Republicans didn't have any candidates. Right. Right? So then Jim Lyons... In a last-minute cram, mommy, I did my homework, gets a ballot question. Right. Right? To say, see, I'm doing my job. But you're not doing your job, sweetheart. No. You're just cramming for the test. Yeah, no, he's a clown. I don't think that should be rewarded. Yeah, Jim Lyons is a clown, and he puts, you know, clowns sleep, clowns. uh, He's putting forward clown candidates. Uh, you know, like Rayla Campbell, like he's not talking to her now, but he, you know, he, I saw him campaigning with her. Um, I'm not saying, uh, you know. The, the other candidate, the, the only there's one serious candidate on the ballot, Anthony Amore. Right. You know what's funny? I was actually thinking about this. So, um, Adam Hines, the senator from Pittsfield. Okay. He. Just thankful you mentioned him. He ran for well. He, this is why right. he ran for lieutenant governor. He okay. didn't. He did. He, he didn't. He was unsuccessful in his run for lieutenant governor. Correct. Gave up his state senate seat. Yes. But now he's the now he is the head of the Edward Kennedy Institute in Boston. Okay. He ran for an office. He didn't get the office. He had a plan, a pretty good one. Yes. He didn't then do uh, gig economy work. Correct. Because he didn't have something to fall back on. Correct. Not that that work isn't good, but typically if you run it's for you if it. you run for a statewide office, you if you run for a statewide office, typically you, you have something set up where you're like, I'm the head of the Family no, Center for s- Families or something you, like that. Or, or, or you're employable yeah. by another good industry. Yeah. Yeah, and, and by another industry that reviews your resume yeah. and says this is the guy we need. But but then again, Ad, you know, Adam Hines was a negotiator for the UN, and you know, uh, the Republican gubernatorial candidate is just the guy. Um, yeah, it's just the guy. So five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. We're going to take a break. We'll be back. Here's what's happening this week on. So we have five minutes. Which you you don't think is a long time until you're on the radio, right? right. <laughs> so Mark and I were joking about it. You never, you know, you always say, "Oh, people say to you, I'll be there in a minute." A bit, no. no. Once you've been on the radio for a while, you know what a minute is. It's a it's a long time, right? It's, it's a really, long time. It is a it's long an eternity. Time. Believe me, I've been telling girls that for years. But really, <laughs> I'm just about telling girls to get a job on the radio. Anyway, so um, the um, the fact is, we have a lot of ballot questions, and um, you do have to take. A little bit of time anyway, because Marcus, it's always weird when you read the questions. Sometimes you don't know. I agree with this. Do I vote yes or do I vote no? Right. 
It's often very, and I don't get the strategy behind it. I know there is one. I know there's a lot of people paid a lot of money to write these things. Yeah, and and you know, I I typically I, I've I've said this jokingly. Um, I'm only for it, and I don't know if I'm actually joking. I'm only for it if it's things I agree with and it's right. successful. Right. Um, then I'm for it. Then I think, well, well, why would you ignore the will of the people? <laughs> you know, but it really is some of these some of these things in particular are very very nuanced and i don't even know at the end of the val the end of the voting you're not even sure what the will of the voters is right exactly that was like when and sometimes it's like okay that happened okay the voters said this but who cares uh one one thing in particular where that where that applies is uh when george bush ran for president in 2000 ran for re-election 2004 a way uh, uh, a way in which they tried to get uh they tried to to juice turnout um of the evangelicals uh to, was to put in various states throughout the country a ba- ballot question on gay marriage to ban gay marriage okay. right and so a lot of states, I think Virginia was one of them, but there's a few others, Ohio, maybe there was a few others that had effectively, you know, voted to ban gay marriage in 2004. Now, Didn't this, Obama vote for that in Illinois? this was probably, right. yeah, this was in, uh, because this was, uh, 2000, this was right after 2003, which was the Goodrich decision, uh, in Massachusetts, which made, which made the Commonwealth the first state to allow gay marriage. So then. You know, when in 2013 comes around, when we have the DOMA case and all those gay marriage cases that came in 2013 and 2015, some of the arguments from conservatives were, well, these states voted to not have gay marriage. And the response is, yeah, but who cares? Because when you're talking about certain things like whether or not uh, a marriage is a fundamental right, right, then it's not really left to the whim of the majority or, you know, to the electoral strategy of you know, whoever or wh- whichever side has a particular electoral stra- better electoral strategy for a ballot question. So, Marcus, to bring it up to the present day, we're going to have a ballot question here in New Bedford on whether to join the MBTA district, right? Now, I've, I've heard people say <clears throat> that even if we vote no, <clears throat> or the New Bedford votes no, that the legislature will do it anyway. 100%. I, I understand that rationale, but i got to tell you, I don't think that people should go to the ballot thinking that. I don't think you should. You go to I the think, ballot thinking you're I think you should assume or. that it's on the line. And even if, even if, let's say you go in like, the, I'm going to vote no as a protest and because the legislature is just going to uh, override it anyway. Um, yeah, but you want to, you want to, like, this, tr- the, you don't want to project why that. Why have to have a, first of all, why make a process out of something that doesn't need to be that you way? You don't want to project a negative, uh, right? A negative perception of this area by doing that, really. And the fact of the matter is, the. Um, but what I would like, Marcus, is a few more facts before we go to the ballot. Sure. What is the problem? How come I, no one's come up with a number? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even a ballpark I've heard that much. I've heard, I've heard, like, nothing because it's going to be taken from Serta and all that. 